peace of our Lord be with you. Every three years, the lectionary gives to the church throughout the world for the first lesson on Transfiguration of the Lord's Sunday, this morning's reading from 2 Kings, the story of Elijah crossing over to the other side, stepping through the final thin place where the veil between this world and the next grows so thin that we finally step on through into the nearer presence of God over on the other side. And though those words have been read in every language and tongue and place and way that any of us can imagine this day, and though they will be throughout the rest of this day, one imagines that in no church anywhere will they land more tenderly than they have today at the corner of Ridgewood and Eastover where we have so often in these past days commended to the care of the Lord our God those we love more than life itself. Sending them off through what I like to call the final thin place. The phrase thin place appears to have originated well over a thousand years ago with the Celtic folk who began using that phrase to describe those moments in life when the presence of God seems so near that it is as though the veil which separates this world from the next grows so thin that we could almost step right through over to the other side. Thin places, of which there are two in today's lessons. One, the transfiguration of Jesus, and the other, the departure of Elijah. The transfiguration of Jesus a thin place in life, the departure of Elijah, the thin place of death. In life, there are those rare moments, not as dramatic and luminous, perhaps, as the transfiguration, but beautiful and powerful nonetheless when the veil between this world and the next grows so thin that it seems almost to disappear altogether. Few of us have many of those moments, but many of us have a few 
in my now 65 years of life, I think I have had about two. One, when I was 15, it was a very cold winter day. It must have been a Saturday because my dad and I have been in the woods all day long. It was sunset. Time to gather up our things and go home. My father was already in the driver's seat of the car, waiting on me to finish loading my gear into the back of our 1963 Ford station wagon, affectionately known in our home as the shirt wagon, because of all the various old clothes my dad had stuffed into the large, rusted out places where some cars have fenders, including a madras plaid button-down long-sleeve shirt, the sleeve of which would hang limply to the ground near the tailpipe when the car was at a full stop, but which would wave joyfully at passers-by whenever my dad shifted from second into third. I was standing alone at the rear of the shirt wagon when the sky caught fire. It was ablaze with sunset and the bare branches on the leafless winter trees were stretched and spread against that orange sky like a thousand ebony, bony fingers. I was so immobilized and overcome by the holiness and the beauty of it that I remember at 15 years of age feeling odd, awkward, and embarrassed. And in that moment of fire in the sky, I heard two voices, one inaudible from far above or deep within. Who can ever say? The other, the voice of my dad, from the front seat saying, you coming? We need to get going. It was a thin place. I climbed into the front seat of the shirt wagon and never mentioned it. And never forgot it. Fifty years later, it remains for me both anchor and sail. Thin places, 
Few of us have many of them, but many of us have a few of them. Moments in this life when the veil between this world and the next becomes so thin that you could almost step right through over to the other side. And then someday we do. Someday we all come to what I call the final thin place. Like Elijah in today's first lesson of Scripture, crossing over from this life to the next, the final thin place of death. In some very basic and fundamental way, every death is the same. But in other ways, every death is different. Some sudden and shocking. Others long and expected. All of which we have experienced together in our family of faith in the past two weeks. The better our theology, the more prepared we are to talk about death. The longer I live, the more I know that shallow theology prepares us just fine for life's best days. But it is only deep and serious theology which prepares us for life's worst days. Almost any theology will do when all is well. But it is only true and substantive and serious theology that prepares us for those moments when life is at its hardest and worst. One thing which good theology prepares us to say is that sometimes Death comes as much as a friend to be welcomed as an enemy to be resisted. It is only good theology which prepares us to say such words as those. The truth is, some of us will get to live until we have to die. But others of us will have to live until we get to die. At any given moment in this world, there are countless persons praying to live.
But there are also always some who are praying to die. Because the same death which comes as an enemy to be resisted to many comes to others as a friend to be welcomed. Children of God, it is only the deepest and best kind of theology that prepares us to think and speak in that way in the face of the final thin place that death which will come to us all for some of us in a stunning and staggering moment and for others at the end of a long anticipated wait. However death comes to us and to those we love as a stunning and staggering grief or as a gentle and quiet relief or both, it is for us all the final thin place, the veil which separates this world from the next, finally growing so thin that we actually do step on through over to the other side into the nearer presence of God. Praise God.